308 Rifles in Urban Environments, this week on Mail Call Mondays. I'm John McQuay with 8541 Tactical, and this is Mail Call Mondays, the show that answers your questions about precision rifles, optics, and equipment. Welcome to another Mail Call Mondays, and this Monday our question comes from Joe, and Joe asks... Do you think a 308 battle rifle, not a DMR or sniper system, but something along the lines of a patrol carbine, could have a role in law enforcement? Uh, well, Joe, that is an excellent question, and I'm kind of going to hit two aspects of this. Uh, I'm going to hit it from the uh, professional law enforcement side, and I'm going to hit it from uh, the armed citizen uh, home defense slash truck gun side. Uh, so first of all, we'll talk about uh, the gun that I grabbed uh, to use as an example for this. Uh, this is a JP Rifles. It is actually their LRP dash 07 rifle. It has a 16-inch barrel. It is chambered in 308, although you can get these in a variety of different cartridges now. Uh, it is interesting for an AR because it is a side charging system. So the charging handle is here on the side. Uh, there is no charging handle on the back. Uh, that's kind of nice because that can help with gas blowback issues uh, if you run one of these suppressed. Now, I grabbed this out of the safe and uh, originally uh, this was set up as a uh, LE uh, DMR rifle or as a compact semi-automatic LE sniper rifle. Uh, it depends on what optics I throw on it and what bipods and that I throw on it. So I went ahead and grabbed this and configured it uh, like I would if I was going to run this as a law enforcement patrol rifle. If I was going to keep this in the car just to uh, pull out on uh, runs where a handgun was not sufficient armament. Uh, so I've got a Bushnell SMRS. It's a 1 to 8.5 magnification optic on the top here. Uh, I've got a Cloud Defensive Rain Micro uh, set up on the front. And uh, it's set up just in tail cap mode, uh, no pressure pad on it. So I can just pop the uh, tail cap with my thumb uh, for a momentary or click it uh, for constant on. So that gives me uh, some options without uh, having a lot of extra stuff uh, going on up here. Of course, there's nothing wrong with uh, running the pressure pad version. Uh, this one was just handy when I was uh, putting the system together. Uh, it has a 20 round magazine in it. Uh, right now, and we'll talk about magazine capacity here in a few minutes. And uh, the rest of the rails and stuff on here really doesn't matter. Uh, I've got this one on here on the side because I was running a brass catcher on it for some stuff. I would not run a rail here operationally because it's just a snag point. Uh, for this, I have the sling uh, mounting point on the left side forward towards the forend. Again, I would not run that there for a patrol rifle. I would run it back uh, right here uh, in front of the receiver uh, for uh, patrol conditions. Um, the buttstock on the back here, uh, we've got, I believe it's a B5 Systems uh, buttstock. Uh, it's got a cutie point on either side. Uh, so that gives you the ability to uh, have some flexibility of sling mounting. I would mount my sling on the uh, right-hand side QD on the buttstock here. That way it comes up over my shoulders, over my uh, uh, left shoulder, and drops down and supports the rifle. I'm sorry, behind my left shoulder. Um, so let's talk about this uh, in a law enforcement role, uh, first of all, and then we'll talk about it in a civilian role. Uh, so... For the law enforcement side of things, 
I've got a little bit of experience uh, with it because we did run a uh, DMR program for our department. Uh, of course, we didn't have enough M14s to go around to everybody that wanted to be involved in the program. Uh, originally, they allowed officers that wanted to be in the program uh, that didn't have an M14 uh, to be able to use their own uh, 308 ARs. And there was a bunch of uh, qualifications for that. And um, it was a rather uh, complex, convoluted thing. Um, and only certain officers were allowed to do it because of some of the shortcomings that we're going to talk about here in a minute. Now, a patrol rifle is a really great thing for officers. Uh, handguns just really are not good in a gunfight. Uh, officers carry handguns because they're easy to have on you whenever you go about your regular daily duties. And the reality is 99.9% .9 of an officer's daily duties have nothing to do uh, with marksmanship, with shooting, or with gunfighting. Uh, most of it is settling disputes. That's that's pretty much it. So if you have the option, though, if you know you're going to a gunfight, um, you want a rifle. Uh, ideally, you want a lot of friends with rifles, and uh, if you have the ability to call in artillery and air support, that's preferable, too, uh, because uh, we don't want to fight fair in gunfights. That's just the rule of life. The, the whole goal of the end of a gunfight is going home alive. Uh, so a rifle is preferable. Now, most law enforcement are operating in urban environments. There are some outliers, there are some departments out there that are really spread out uh, where engagement distances may be 100 yards or more, uh, but the reality is most law enforcement gunfights are very close in. Uh, so very close in, you don't need the ballistics of a long-range rifle. Uh, you need something that's fast handling, uh, that has low recoil so that you can keep rounds on target, uh, and that you can move around very rapidly. Uh, so the default is the AR-15 in 5.56 or 223, depending upon the ammunition selected by the department. Um, that is the default for our department, uh, is the regular AR-15. Uh, most officers are running 16-inch barreled AR-15s. Some of us are running 11.5-inch uh, or 10.5-inch SBRs. So uh, we'll kind of use that as a baseline uh, that we're comparing things to. Uh, now, when we come over and we start talking about 308s, we have to consider why would we want a 308 over a 5.56 or 2.23 AR. Uh, the 5.56 or 2.23 AR uh, is lighter if we're comparing apples to apples. So if we compare the same barrel length, um, same general optic and light setup, uh, then the 2.23 AR is going to be lighter than a 308 AR. Uh, the reason being, the bolt carrier group is larger and heavier. The bolt is larger and heavier. Uh, the receivers are larger and slightly heavier. They are aluminum, so you're only gaining a little bit with the receivers, but the overall length of the receivers is longer. Um, you have to be able to have more room in here uh, to be able to accommodate the larger magazine for the larger round. And then every round uh, weighs more than its counterpart. Uh, so therein you run into capacity issues. Now this has got a 20 round Magpul PMAG in it, which if you were running this uh, for law enforcement purposes, this would likely be the default magazine if you're running an SR-25 or DPMS spec uh, gun. Uh, if you're running an Armalite spec gun, then you would go with uh, M14 magazines. Um, but 
this is pretty much the default. I do have a couple of uh, steel DPMS magazines running around here, but um, the Magpuls work just fine in this gun. Some other 308s eat up the Magpul magazines. They'll cause the, the feed lips to crack. Uh, I know LWRC from time to time will have rifles that will uh, chew them up. So that's going to be uh, gun specific. But once we look at everything overall, it's going to be a heavier overall system. So that is one thing that you need to take into account. Uh, now, it's really no big deal for me to have this guy slung or to have it in a low ready position and carry it around. It, it's not that heavy of an overall system. I'll throw this on the scale uh, and drop you guys a weight down below so you can see what this configuration uh, comes in at overall. Uh, unloaded, of course. Uh, but, you know, slung, it's going to start to get a little bit irritating after a while. Uh, if I'm braced on a barricade, on a perimeter, uh, not really that big of a deal. But where it really will start to wear you out um, is if you end up in a situation where you have contact, you have to come up, illuminate a target, you're calling the target out, he's doing his dance and games and all this stuff, and so you're standing here for, you know, 20 minutes trying to negotiate a surrender, this is going to get heavy. It's going to get heavy pretty quick, and you're going to start to wobble, and that wobble is going to affect accuracy. Uh, it's going to cause you all kinds of other problems. Uh, now, realistically, if you have proper cover, uh, if you're braced behind a car or whatever, then that's fine. Um, that stuff doesn't happen all the time. Uh, then we run into an actual, like an active shooter scenario. Again, you're going to be bringing this thing up. You're going to be clearing corners. You're going to be flowing through a structure. That weight is going to uh, cause you some issues if you are not uh, fairly physically fit. Now, I should hope that if you're contemplating something like this, your physical fitness is already on spec uh, before you start going to uh, heavier gunnery. Uh, so the weight is an issue. Now, let's say you're a big dude um, or a big girl and you've you know done your gym time and the weight is not an issue. Um, let's talk about really why you would want this gun instead of a 5.56 version. Ballistics are the reason that you would generally want one of these. A 308 uh, can hit with higher energy than the 5.56. You are launching a larger projectile. Um, you are launching it at you're not launching it faster because um, 55 grain and 62 grain um, ammunition out of a 16-inch barreled AR is running in that 3,000 foot per second range. Uh, so it's going really fast. Uh, but those bullets have a tendency um, to tumble or break up. or It just really depends on the bullet construction. Uh, with the 308 you can mitigate some of the problems that you run into with bullet construction uh, with the 5.56 or the 223, but you can also introduce some other problems in them. Uh, for the longest time, the standard uh, for LE snipers was the Federal Gold Medal Match, 168 grain. Uh, it shot a 168 grain Match King bullet, which was a full metal jacket, uh, boat tail bullet. And uh, that run around 26 to 2400 foot per second, depending on the barrel length of the rifle. And those bullets did not expand. Um, there were quite a few uh, sniper shots where the bullets just rip right through the target, go through a couple of walls behind the target, and then were never recovered. Um, so that's not 
sniper shots here in uh, my town that was uh, sniper shots that I have uh, researched around the country. Uh, so it really had a tendency just to keep on trucking through. So ammunition selection is going to be critical with one of these because uh, the issues you run into if you have an engagement in an urban environment is making sure that that round stops in the target or it only overpenetrates the target enough, but it has dissipated enough energy in the target uh, that the bullet is no longer going to penetrate another structure or cause a lethal injury uh, if it travels on. Uh, backdrop is key with rifle engagements because you cannot, cannot, cannot overpenetrate a target and then cause death or serious injury to a party that's not involved in your gunfight. Um, that's just really not acceptable. It'd be a really horrible way to win a gunfight uh, to kill someone that's totally uninvolved in it. So um, making sure that we are paying attention uh, to the ammunition that we load in these things. Um, this is not an issue that is isolated to the 308. Um, there are quite a few ammunition types for the 5.56 patrol rifles that are wholly unsuited to law enforcement or urban work. Um, the uh, 62 grain uh, M855, uh, it does not expand in targets. Uh, it tends to go straight through. So that would be a very poor choice for a law enforcement or an urban uh, self-defense rifle. Uh, so ammunition selection is really going to be key. Um, one of the best rounds that I've seen uh, for a 308 uh, law enforcement rifle will be the 110 grain Hornady Tap. Uh, now, we're not sponsored by Hornady. They'll send us ammunition from time to time, but um, several years back, it's been quite a few years now, uh, our department was running the 168 grain gold medal match, uh, and I was searching for a better round to use. And I was doing some uh, testing of uh, various different rounds, uh, mainly accuracy testing uh, through our bolt action guns. And one of the rounds that we tested was the 110 grain tap. Now, guys will get wrapped up into the accuracy thing. Now, the 110 grain tap was nowhere near as accurate as 168 grain gold medal match. Um, but it was still in that minute, minute and a quarter range uh, for accuracy potential out of those guns. Uh, that is going to be more than sufficient for a gun of this type. Now, the advantage you get into with something like the 110 grain tap, and it's not, I'm not saying you have to use that in this, uh, but these are the characteristics you're looking for. Uh, that bullet flies very, very fast, and it is a light bullet, which means it's going to have less drop. Uh, it is going to impact the target at a higher velocity, and the bullet is designed to expand. It has a polymer tip on it, uh, and the bullet is designed to fall apart when it impacts the target. Uh, this allows it to dump all of its energy in the target and it limits the uh, possibility of that bullet over penetrating. Um, there was another jurisdiction I know of that had a um, situation where they had to take a shot uh, and it was a it was a sniper shot. Um, and it was rooftop to rooftop. The engagement distance, I believe, was less than 70 yards. Um, and they had to take a headshot on the target. And the bullet did not overpenetrate the target. Uh, so that's fairly uh, good performance from the bullet if it did not continue on out on the opposite side. So that is what we're looking for 
in these guns because that way if you are shooting on a target um, you don't have to worry about if the bullet fragments and comes apart inside the target if anything comes out on the opposite side it is not going to travel on a great distance and it is not going to be lethal uh, to anyone that's not involved that is assuming that you do your part and you put rounds accurately on target. Again, that's where that backdrop comes in. You have to know what's behind your target, even in a gunfight. So this kind of setup loaded with 110 grain tap is probably what I would recommend if the qualification was we needed a 308 patrol rifle. Um, my suggestion though is not to go um, with a 308 patrol rifle. Now, instead, I really recommend going with a 5.56 rifle because, again, you get lighter weight. The ammunition selection is still going to be key, but you have a huge range of ammunition. So you could select ammunition that is going to be a deep penetrating round. And again, remember, we're not talking about 1,000 plus yards. We're talking about uh, a couple hundred yards, because you, you don't want to limit yourself to that inside 100 yards. That's where most things are going to happen. Um, but if I needed to take a 200 or 300 yard shot, I want that capability because the platform is most certainly capable of doing that. So ammunition, you can select from ammunition that is going to penetrate very well if you're in an area that you need that capability, or uh, if you are in an area that is more enclosed in, that you have more concerns about penetrating walls, uh, then you can select other ammunition types that are going to fragment more easily and are going to have less chances of continuing on outside of the target. Um, I have seen rounds um, that have passed completely through the target at uh, 50 and in, and it makes me incredibly nervous. Now, both times that I was personally witness to that, uh, the backdrops were good, uh, so there was no issue with those bullets continuing on uh, and causing uh, serious harm to uninvolved parties, uh, but it really makes you think when you see that, that you could get a good hit on the target and that bullet just keeps on trucking through. Uh, so again, that bullet selection really is going to be key and bullets do weird things depending upon where they go through so you have to keep that into account that the bullet may not perform exactly the way the manufacturer tells you it's going to perform uh, so it's important to you know gather data and continually evaluate how things are performing so that is really where i'm at and then there's one last thing that i didn't um bring in when we're talking about the law enforcement uh aspect of this and that is muzzle blast. Now, this rifle, because I wasn't going to change out the muzzle device for uh, this video, uh, this is running a compensator uh, from JP, and this has a huge two-chamber comp here. Now, this is a 16-inch barrel with a dual-chamber comp on it. Anything that is directly to the side of this rifle when it fires is going to have a really, really, really bad day. Um, a 16-inch 308 is already a fire breather. It is already a thumper. And now you put a brake on it that is going to direct that blast to the sides instead of downrange. That's great because it will control recoil and you'll get better follow-up shots. Uh, but the amount of concussion that you're going to direct to the sides is going to be incredible. Uh, in most law enforcement situations, you are not going to don ear pro uh, when you grab your patrol rifle out of the car. Uh, so the first shot that you trigger off on this that's going to be the end of comms for everybody. Uh, if you have an officer to the left or right of you, 
because you don't dress the line before you start shooting, um, you're going to smoke their hearing. You may take them out of the fight completely because it's like having a flashbang go off next to your head. Um, I have had the same thing happen to me with an AR next to my head. Um, I was shooting suppressed. The other officer was shooting a braked rifle. Um, I had several shots off before he fired, and when he fired the braked rifle, it rocked me. Now, um, it's really not my first exposure to gunfire close to my head, uh, so it didn't take me out of the fight, um, but it smoked my uh, right ear, and uh, my hearing was pretty much done in that thing for a while. Uh, don't trust people that will tell you, oh, auditory exclusion, don't worry, you won't hear any of that stuff. Um, you may or may not. It really depends upon your mindset and what's going on uh, with you physiologically when things start happening. So don't just assume that, oh, you know, I, I won't hear the shot because I got buck fever, you know, ages ago and uh, didn't hear it when I, I triggered my hunting rifle off. Uh, things are kind of funny like that. So this would not be a good option on an LE rifle because, again, you are going to smoke out uh, hearing to anybody that is to the left or the right of you. You may be okay because it's directing that to the left and the right and you're behind the gun, uh, but if you have concrete walls, if you have a vehicle or anything next to you, it's going to reflect that concussion off of it and you're going to get some of it too. Uh, so bear that in mind. Now, an AR, as I mentioned, a 5.56 or 2.23 AR, uh, it doesn't give you free range to put um, crazy uh, blast creators on the end of your gun uh, because you're still going to run into the same problem. Uh, but it's going to be lessened. Even if you were just running a standard birdcage uh, on the end of the gun, uh, that is going to be much less of a blast than you're going to get uh, with a birdcage on a 308. So bear that in mind. Uh, that concussion really is... Uh, it really can be a, a killer and not make you very many friends uh, after the fact. Um, I much prefer suppressors, uh, but if we suppress a 308, uh, you are going to have to deal with a considerable more amount of recoil than you do with a 5.56 gun. Um, I have a Silencer Kosaker K on my patrol rifle, uh, again, 11.5 inch MCX, and um, I don't have any problems uh, keeping the sights on target through rapid shot strings with that. Uh, when you put a uh, 30 caliber suppressor on this gun, now you're adding a considerable amount more weight uh, and you are going to have to deal with more recoil because you not only have a heavier round and more powder going off, uh, but you have a heavier recoil assembly uh, slapping around in here. Now JP does an excellent job uh, with tuning their guns. Um, they make quite a few competition guns, uh, so uh, this gun has really, really sweet manners to it, but it is still a 308. So you still do have a lot of mass uh, running around in there, even if you go do the lightweight carriers and the silent captured springs and all that fun stuff. Uh, so that is something that you definitely need to keep in mind. Now, when we switch over and we start talking about the civilian side of things, um, that is really where you are going to have to keep in mind what kind of environments that you deal with on the most of the time. Um, if you are in a wide open environment, if you live out on a ranch, if you live out in the middle of nowhere, 
Uh, I would probably opt for the 308. Uh, the 308 gives me more energy on target. Uh, so if uh, bears, larger animals, if you occasionally have to put down cattle, that kind of thing, uh, then this is going to be a much better option than a 5.56 rifle. Uh, for me, the biggest thing that I really have to worry about are putting down deer uh, and putting down the occasional uh, vicious dog, which I absolutely, absolutely hate doing that. I'll get bit before I'll shoot a dog. I hate, hate having to shoot dogs. Um, but small light-bodied animals are are the really the, the greatest thing that I have to worry about. So 5.56 is fine for that. Uh, 308 really is what I would want if I have to deal with larger, heavier-bodied animals uh, for the same reason that uh, not a lot of states will let you deer hunt uh, with a 223 or 556 rifle. It's just 308 is just much more effective uh, on larger game uh, and larger um, pest animals. Also, if you're dealing with a greater range, um, the 308, if you're going to set it up to be able to maximize that, again, this has an 8.5 power optic on it, so when I crank that magnification up, I do have the ability to reach out now. Uh, I have a mill scale in this reticle. Uh, I've got turrets that I can go ahead and adjust for drop. Uh, so it's very easy for me to tape a range card on the side of this stock, have a laser rangefinder in my bag, and if I need to take a shot on a uh, uh, dangerous animal at a distance, I can laze it, dial the drop, get on it, and uh, go. So for that, Again, 308 might be a good option. Uh, if you're using it as a home defense gun and you are, again, in a long, drawn-out area where uh, you know you don't have a whole lot uh, of neighbors to worry about, you don't have a whole lot of things on the outside of your house that you need to worry about, and you generally know where the occupants of your house are at, uh, then you know, this could be a really great option. If it was just me and my wife in a ranch-style house out in the middle of nowhere, uh, well, if you shoot through a wall, the worst thing you're going to do is hit some electrical or hit a, uh, you know, plumbing pipe, um, and then you're going to have to deal with it in the aftermath. Uh, where I live at here, uh, I live in a multi-story house uh, with children, with animals, and I have neighbors all around me. Uh, so I really, really do not want bullets to penetrate walls. I really do not want bullets to penetrate the exterior of my home. So this is not something that I would choose to grab uh, for a bump in the night gun. Uh, now a truck gun, a general purpose gun, again, we're mixing kind of the two environments. Uh, so it's something that you're just going to have to determine, hey, do I need the reach? Do I need the hitting power uh, that the 308 is going to give me? Or would I rather have something that is going to be lighter? It's going to be easier to throw in a backpack. It's going to be easier to carry around uh, and have the versatility of a wide range of ammunition that I can run in it. Uh, both the 308 and the 556 have an enormous amount of ammunition uh, that you can select to try to match to the specific uh, use scenario that you come up with. Uh, so that really isn't a, a specific 308 or uh, 556 uh, catch, with the exception if we're trying uh, to get something that is not going to penetrate uh, inside a residence, inside walls. Um, 
drywall is not very good at stopping bullets. Uh, even handgun ammunition just rips right through a regular stud wall. Uh, so with that, that's where the 5.56 really shines because if you get a light, like uh, even down to a 40, or 40 grain uh, varmint load that is traveling very fast, when it hits that first layer of drywall, the bullet will start to fragment uh, and it's generally just it's going to be like rat shot when it comes out the other side. Uh, so it can still cause injury, don't get me wrong. Um, but it is not going to continue on and go through multiple walls uh, like at a jacketed uh, boat tail hollow point would through a 308. Um, that you're generally looking at masonry to stop. So you need to have uh, brick walls, cinder block walls, something like that uh, to be able to reliably stop those bullets. And they're not even going to reliably stop multiple hits. Um, multiple hits will start to chew holes out through the walls. So uh, something to bear in mind there. So my overall impression to the initial question is I think the 308 is a poor choice for a general purpose patrol rifle uh, for law enforcement. Uh, for armed civilians it is or armed citizens, it is going to really depend upon your specific uh, situation, uh, if it's going to work for you or not. Uh, my general recommendation usually comes down to a short barrel AR. I think a short barrel AR is one of the best uh, all-around home defense options there really are, uh, as long as you have actually trained with the manipulation of the gun and how to run it. I prefer it because if I have to go open a door, uh, it's easy with a short barrel AR to be able to tuck that thing in or keep it pinned to my shoulder, reach down, manipulate a handle. If I have to scoop up a kid or control a dog, again, it's easy to keep that gun up. Um, and of course, it penetrates interior walls less than I'm going to have with a 9mm or a 45 handgun. Uh, so it just really gives me a lot of capability uh, in a small compact package. And with the prevalence of AR pistols right now, um, it just makes it a no-brainer to pick up an AR pistol uh, for an interior uh, home defense gun. So I hope that answers your questions. It probably generated a lot more. Uh, so if you guys have any questions or comments over anything we've covered, please drop it in the comment section down below. And what I want to hear from you is, given the choice between a 308 or a 5.56 for your specific intended purpose, what would you choose and why? So please drop that down in the comment section down below. If you guys like the video, please make sure you like, share, and subscribe. And remember that uh, less than half of you viewing this video are subscribers. So if you've watched it all the way through, you obviously like what we do, please click that subscription button. And if you want to help support the videos that you know and love, please check us out over on Patreon. And until next time, get out and shoot.